working here. So believe it or not, we're already up to way number six, cruising along over here. So we've done, the first one was constant studying. The second way to wisdom was effective listening. The third one was saying things out loud, articulation. The fourth was understanding. The fifth and the fifth one last week was the power of awe. And tonight is one which on the surface sounds a little bit off-putting, but it's uh, after spending some time on it, it uh, it's far from it. And so tonight's is yir'ah, which means fear. So we're going to talk about mastering fear. Okay, like so by now, I think we've learned from Rabbi Weinberg that before we get too excited or not excited about anything, we have to uh, get a good definition. So that's what we're going to start with. So simply put, the word yir'ah means to fear. And given these are the 48 ways to wisdom, welcome back, John. Hey, uh, good, to, good to see you, uh, you on. Um, okay, good so yir'ah is fear, which means if you want to... Given this is one of the 48 ways to wisdom, so if you want to live, then somehow we need to be afraid. Usually we don't think of afraid as being a positive thing. So we're going to have to understand this. It doesn't sound too enticing right now. So let's give a definition. We're going to define uh, fear tonight as when you're alarmed, when you're alarmed you're more alert and it kind of helps you to really focus and gather all your power and your wits together. And you, whatever is going on has your full attention, almost unparalleled when we're, when we have a certain amount of fear of, of something, it gets our undivided attention. Um, uh, we can think of many things like that. Um, I think, uh, COVID's done a very good job of that, uh, for better, for worse. Uh, politics has done a great job of that. Uh, in fact, many, unfortunately, um, it's one of the most powerful forces in the world. So the idea of the 48 ways to wisdom, what, we, what we've been coming to, to, to learn, is anything powerful in the world, any pow powerful idea or feeling can be harnessed for the good. So what usually sets off these alarms or these, this state of fear or alertness? It's usually either some sort of consequence. You're scared of a situation or a person or an idea. And the other fear that we have, just to put them in two general categories, is when we have a fear of a missed opportunity, right? You have an opportunity, you have a, a window of opportunity, so you're, you're, you're scared to lose the opportunity. So we have opportunity, I would say we have opportunities and we'll call them consequences. So that's the, what the fear that we're talking about is. We're talking about the concept of something getting your rapt attention through a consequence or an opportunity. So. Let's go through and see that, you know, there may be very many uh, opportunities for fear 
which um, are actually welcome. So let's start off and ask ourselves, um, is it interesting, well, before we get into, in, in, into the question, the word to see in Hebrew is actually the same root word as to fear. Yir'ah is to fear, and re'eh is to see. What is the essence of a fear, often? It's when you're willing to see something, and then you have a fear. It doesn't have to be a problem, necessarily. But you then, when you actually see something, you can see, whoa, that, that's an opportunity. Or you can be, whoa, that could be a consequence if I don't do something about this. And it actually gets us to focus. So that's actually the essence, I would say, the, 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 one, the one of this is that this really is the essence of free will. Are we going to exercise our free will to, to look at things, to actually become aware of things, which would then require us to, to have a, a healthy amount of fear of what will happen if we don't do that? And you ask yourself, do you want that fear? Do you want that fear? Then you can exercise your free will. Do you want to, you can be oblivious, right? You know, someone could be uh, in oblivion and not be aware of something, and therefore they're not afraid of it. They're not um, concerned about it. But that's the first thing you got to ask yourself. Are you, go are, are you going to exercise, are you interested in, ha in, in, in having your free will exercise to take a look at reality, to be able to, in fact, feel, feel that alertness, Maybe fear has bad connotations for us, but it really is the, it's the real, it, it's the truth of the emotion. Is there an alarm in your head? Is there an alertness? Is there a, a, a total focus on something? That's number one. Number two is we have to appreciate or take a moment to think about what, um, what's the, what would happen if we did that? What happens when you take a look at something? And then if you think about what takes, what happens when you look at it or what happens if you don't look at it, then you may be, it may be an a, a intellectually imperative exercise to do to in fact take a, take a look at things sometimes. So the question which obviously comes out, hopefully a person does this little exercise and they realize, well, there's definitely, I don't, I don't want to be in, I don't want to be in oblivion, even if that means having fear. So if that's the case, then what are the main reasons why we have such an aversion? Even myself, as I'm giving this, this, I'm leading this discussion here of, of, of saying how there is healthy fear and healthy alertness, healthy alarmness, healthy, helpful gathering of, 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 of attention. Well, why are we so averse to it? And how can we repack it in a way where it can actually be a, a um, it's, uh, I would say, negative fear is debilitating and positive fear is exhilarating. So how do we package it that it's not debilitating and that it's in fact exhilarating. 
And instead of having de a debilitative moment when we're scared, having an adrenaline, adrenaline rush that would get the blood running and gives us power to, to accomplish. Because that's what we want. We want the power to accomplish. So here's the four general categories. Not really everyone can think, I'm sure there are more and you could break them down differently. But these are the main four that we're going to focus on tonight. Reasons why people have an aversion to being afraid of something and fear. First one is that it's uncomfortable. It's just an uncomfortable position. It's not, I wouldn't say it's cool, calm, and collected. Uh, you know, being scared is not a comfortable spot. It could be even a painful spot. That's, that's one. We're going to go and work through each of them. That, that's the first one. Number two is, and this is two of number three, is that we're nervous when we're, we're in a state of fear, we might feel that it will restrict us. It's going to tie us down. Number th the C of that is the, 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 the third category of, of reasons why we, we don't want to be afraid are because we're going to think it's going to limit our freedom. It's a little, that's a little different than restricting us. It's going to be have a more global thing. We're not going to be free. We're going to, we're not, we're not going to be powerful. And number four is that we feel less than. When a person's in a state of fear, we're concerned that we may, it's, it feels demeaning, it feels less than. So let's, I mean, all those things are real possibilities um, if fear is, is, is done, you know, improperly. If the feeling is processed improperly, if it's executed improperly. So let's work through each one and see what what it would be a positive way and what would not what would obviously be a negative way. So first one is, and obviously all these reasons, they are all really false. They're not really um they're not really uh they don't necessarily true in, in many situations. So the most prevalent um, excuse to run away from fears is the first one, that it's uncomfortable and it's painful sometimes because we are creatures of, um, of comfort. As we've discussed numerous times, if someone, the more decadent we are, the more decadent our society is, then a absolute goal and goal to stay away from is not being comfortable. As we said before, what's the opposite of pain? Is it pleasure or is it comfort? Because if if the thing we're shooting for is comfort, then we're going to stay very, very far away from fear because fear is not comfortable. It's painful. But really, as we've discussed before, Pain is the price of pleasure. Children, we discussed, right? Children, relationships, uh, work, any, uh, staying in shape, staying healthy, breaking an addiction, anything um, that uh, pain is the cost of pleasure. So if the reason why we are having an aversion of fear you're staying far away from fear 
is because it's uncomfortable or it's because it's pain, well, intellectually, we need to work that through. And we see that, well, pain is not a problem. Pain is okay. Obviously, within if it's the pain, that's going to be the, the cost for the pleasure, right? Um, if we're shooting for comfort, then yes, pain is going to be. But if we're shooting for pleasure, yeah, pain is the trajectory. Fear is on the trajectory of having pleasure. If we're shooting for comfort, it's not. So that's how we deal with the first uh, quote-unquote excuse or version that is normal to have. But again, this is not about this isn't about judging. This isn't about excuses. This is about just working through a concept well to be able to apply it as much as we can. Number two, we said that the second often excuse for not avoiding fear is that we think it's going to restrict us. It's going to hold us back. Well, let's think for a second. Um, one second. I'm sorry. This is really still more deal, more dealing with the um, with the with the pain part. Now, is there any time think about in your life or your daily life where you might pay actually to be afraid? Anyone ever watch Frankenstein horror movies? You go on a roller coaster, bungee jumping. You know, there's mercenaries out there too. There's people who really just, they go, they live off that fear. But why do we like that? Well, why would we like a horror movie? Why do we like a roller coaster? People come off roller coasters, they're smiling for a, a minute. But when you do these, these incredible experiences, you're, you're all afraid, but you like that. So what is that? What is that? We, we got to bottle that because people pay a lot of money and a lot of time. We'd be waiting hours and hours to go on a one, a minute and a half roller coaster. So the pleasure is, is ex, the exhilaration, which basically means that you feel alive. You feel much more alive when you're afraid because you as wow, that was scary good to be alive so what it makes you realize that life is thrilling but that's something that you want it's it's an un discomfort that you want it's what do you want to call it? it could be painful it could be uncomfortable but it's something that you want and just just because something's uncomfortable just because something is made perhaps even painful it's not something that we don't want to like getting up in the morning. No one likes getting up in the morning, but you decide it's worth, worth the trouble. It's worth the discomfort. Most exercising is not comfortable, but you're focused on the either the enjoyment of the goal or the process. But you wouldn't call it a comfortable position. So we got to work that through and think about that. Think about that, that, that just because something is uncomfortable or even somewhat painful is not something that we really should be holding us back too much. So what's helpful for us is if we can, for everyone, this feeling is a little bit different. 
So they want to locate our what are the feel what are the what are the fear fears that we're disgusted to have? Like what the more specific we can understand our fears, what repulses us, what makes us really feel yucky, then we can analyze those and see, huh, is that really a reason not is that really a reason not to do it? You know, um, for example, I'd say a common feeling, which probably is part of this, is the pain or the discomfort um, of, uh, of feeling inadequate. You know, no one likes to feel inadequate. But is that really, um, is that really, uh, is that really uh, a, a, um, a reason to, to not do something, you know, maybe that's the reason to confront something, right? Okay, moving along. So we say when a person, a, 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 I, 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 as I'm working this through, this certainly is very practical for me. So uh, again, I'm never coming here from a position of telling you here, here's how it's done. I'm sharing total wisdom from our, our books and our teachers. So, Another concern we had was that fear would make it that I am, I am, I'm, I'm restricting myself. Well, in fact, if you take a look and think about a lot of things, um, well, it actually gives us a lot of power. I mean, there's endless, endless stories you can think of of people who were stuck in a situation or scared of something and they did something they actually never could have done. Fear actually em empowered them. You know, these stories, you have a kid stuck under a car, a little mother picks it up, you know, someone is, uh, didn't, you know, the most amazing feat ever because they had a certain fear. You know, if, if someone offered you $50,000 to memorize in the next 24 hours, all 613 Torah commandments. First, you would say, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Someone says they'll offer you $50,000, you might just do it. Or if your life depended on it, you might do it. So again, a fear of lost opportunity, fear of a consequence, it can bring out, when looked at appropriately, it can really actually be extremely, extremely empowering. You're scared of losing a job. It gets you to work well. Again, you don't want overbearing, debilitating fear. We're talking about fear that is exhilarating. <clears throat> now, one concern: no one want, people don't want to be afraid in a way that it will impact their um, freedom. Well, let's define freedom. Everything go is as good as the definition. Well, to do what you want to feel, what you feel like doing, that's not freedom as we discussed. To do what you feel like doing is a license. I have a license to drive. Right? I have a license for a boat license. Whatever it might be. You have a license to sell alcohol. That's something that you feel like doing. Freedom allows you to do what you want to do. You're not weighed down 
by your nitty gritty feelings or biases. So what fear actually does is it actually allows you to focus. You know, you have, it doesn't have to even be a massive fear. You have a deadline. You have a social, a healthy social pressure. You have, uh, you know, you're gonna meet someone. So these things, they could actually make you unencumbered. You know, you really got a deadline. You're not gonna get lost on Facebook. You're not gonna get lost online and Netflix for hours on end, right? So, so, so actually, when you have a healthy fear of something, meaning you have an opportunity which you don't want to lose, or as a consequence you don't want to have, that actually can give you the freedom to stay focused on what you want and not just do what you feel like it. And taking that to the, to the highest level, if you fear God, then you just have a higher life all the time. So, fear, unfortunately, fearing God has this bad rap of like, oh, doom and gloom and negative. No. If you know that there's a God around and he's watching and he sees everything and, and he has endless opportunities for you and there are some consequences, there are consequences of our, of our actions, that is a tremendous empowerment to us. It frees us to break free of things that we really would rather not be doing or being or allow us to do things we'd like to be doing we, we the last um of the four main things that we often uh give ourselves as excuses is the yucky feeling the the feeling that well if i'm scared then i'm i'm less than i feel demeaned well it is true that it's not, I would say, the highest level of motivation. We all know, we've discussed about how doing things out of love is better. Doing things out of fear is a lower level. But the thing is like this, is you need to be, we need to be real. And if you're going to do a better job at doing something, when you're paid to do it, then be paid to do it. Yes, if you could do something for free and totally out of out of altruism, but the reality is is that very often it's not going to happen as much or as well. So Judaism says if you're going to be you do a better job at something, there's nothing wrong with being paid. There's nothing wrong with ha having a a motive that is helping you get to a place where you where where, where you really want to be. There's nothing to feel bad about with that. We have to know who we are. Yes, it'd be nice one day if we could be at a level of, of just doing things completely. We're completely motivated. We're going to work just as hard. We're going to set aside as much time. I think about myself. I mean, I love what I do. I think it's very important uh, sharing Judaism with the community and trying to bring unity amongst us Jews and uh, just to bring positivity to, to the world. I think that's a great thing. But... If it wasn't my job, no, I'm not making millions off it, but it wasn't a paid job, um, I don't think I would be able to allocate as much time and energy, not even close. And I and I, I would love to, I mean, I see there are people out there, you know, people, let's say, who are have a day job and they're able to, to, to spend, but I still don't think they're spending nowhere near as much time usually as someone who it's just their job. And uh, and that's okay. That's nothing to, that's actually nothing to feel bad about. 
In fact, um, you know, we all experience pain. We have, you know, you know, there, 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 these, these, there's a condition. I don't know the exact um, medical term for this, but, um, but, there, but, but there's a, a syndrome called a pain syndrome. What's a pain syndrome? Pain syndrome is someone who, God forbid, doesn't experience pain. Like we say your hand, God forbid, is, in, is on top of a burner that's on. Well, if you have pain, you recoil. If you don't have pain, your hand stays there and it burns up. You know, we have emotional pain. We have physical pain, theological pain, financial pain, whatever we have. The pain is actually there. It's, it's, a, it's a gift. And fear is part of that pain. Fear is part of that pain that gets us to do the things we need to do and not to do things we don't want to do. And that is nothing to feel less than about, nothing to mean that we should have a, a, a concept of like, you know, there is an idea of doing things altruistically. There is an idea of doing things out of love. But I always, I always say, thank God, I'm married, I got seven kids, and uh, I can tell you, and I, and I have responsibilities professionally and community-wise, I could tell you if I only did things when I was really feeling like it, a lot of stuff wouldn't happen. But so it's it's good, it's okay to have a motivator that 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 pushes you. So that's really the kind of fear we're talking about, and really working through the possible reasons why would we we would avoid fear. Now remember, we defined fear as the as being alarmed and alerted from some sort of stimuli that from an opportunity or a consequence that allows us to gather our wits and it gathers our strengths. That's what we're talking about. So if we can get to a point where we think it's a good thing, we agree with the concept, sounds great. It's a health, there is a healthy space for fear. Very important. So how do we implement it? How do we jump in? We're, we're, we're hardwired and we're scared of fear. So what are we going to do besides obviously the, the doing the exercise that we just did? But uh, how, how are we going to do this? How can we practically implement this into our lives? So number one of that is what we just did. Is just, you, you have to want it. If you don't want it, you won't be able to be motivated. If you're not motivated, you're not going to do it. That's simple. That's number one. If, you know, and that's why the exercise we just did is so important. Number two is the the ostrich syndrome. What's the ostrich syndrome? The ostrich syndrome is every go to a uh, watch a, nat- a a National Geographic, or you go to a zoo, a safari. And what does an ostrich do with its head? Stick it on the ground, stick it on itself. I don't know where the head goes. But it's the ostrich syndrome. And what happens? So we, we're all psyched. We, 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 we want fear. We're, we're welcoming the healthy fear. And then we say, you know what? We don't want to look at it. We don't want to see that fear. We don't want to be privy to it. We're not going to look. We do it all the time. We don't want to look. Well, things like this. Obviously, we know we're all going to die one day. 
part of the human of the human condition. But somehow, and this is part of we're naturally hardwired this way so we can operate, is we convince ourselves that, that that's some other group. It's kind of, I think COVID's a great a great example of that. Like, you know, you see the stats, you know, uh, morale now, I think it's on like 7%. Hmm, 7% people being tested are getting it. Well, I don't know who that's on. That, 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 that can't be me, right? Are you right? So we have this way that we have the the ostrich, the ostrich syndrome, where we we like to go far away um, from reality, and and that's something we have to be aware. Of. That is just the tendency. The tendency is that we like to be like the ostrich, and we like to not do it, and have to just train ourselves to sometimes allow ourselves physically and emotionally, uh, intellectually to actually look look and make ourselves aware of uh, and, and not constantly deviate ourselves whenever we have that fear. That's really what addiction is mainly predicated on. That's what a lot of uh, social media is predicated on. Keep keep playing hot potato with the feelings so you don't actually feel them. Number three of how we're going to try to do this more, how we're going to make healthy fear a exhilarating, productive experience is, is to really be very real with yourself and realistic. You ask yourself, I've done this sometimes with my Torah study. You say, you know what? Let's say I live a nice long life. Let's say I live 120 years. 120 years, 90 years, 100 years, whatever you might live. And you say, you know what? What would I like to do with that? The reality is I'm not going to live forever. Not gonna live forever. We don't like to think about it. But if we then can make a plan, we can be so realistic. We can we can be in touch and say, well, what what can I do during that time? You know, thank God I'm I'm already uh, just about at um, a milestone, and 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 you kind of think, you know, I'm sure as person gets older, they probably do this even more, but. You know, you kind of think, hmm, what is what I thought I would be doing at that age, or what what might happen? They say, huh, well, if I really want certain things to happen, I got to start doing them. So that's number three: is that just, just 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 allow yourself to 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 actually be real and be in touch with who you are and what and what you can do and how long, even best case scenario, you you may have. It says elsewhere in Pirkeiavos, says in Ethics of the Fathers, that. A person should do teshuva. A person should repent a day before they die. Hmm. Usually don't know. So obviously, obviously the lesson is live every, live every day as if it was your last. There's actually a custom that there are people, they would actually, many people do, is they, they purchase a grave. And there was a custom that people before Rosh Hashanah, you know, Kippur, they would actually go to their grave, not to be morbid, not to be doom and gloom, but to give them a reality check of, 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 of a focus of that, of that, you know, we are mortal. You know, the person says, you know what? We don't know. Let's say a person knows they have five years left to live. They know the five years left to live. What? What would you do? Well, then you whittle it down to a year. If I had a year, to what would I do? If I had three months left, what would I do? I had a day left, what would I do? It just gives you a framework. It's, it's a scary thing. I'm not saying a person do it all the time, but it could be a healthy thing. Like, you know, I don't have forever. I keep pushing off. You know, if someone says, uh, 
Hmm. I'd love to do uh, study. I'd love to make up with that family member. I'd like to engage in a certain good activity. I want a family, uh, whatever it might be, you know, uh, there is limited time. Um, okay. Number five about how we're going to do this. So this is, is I, to me, this is the most practical part of this. I would say, certainly for me and for many other people, our biggest struggle is not the big deals. The big deals usually come through. There's an emergency. Most people step it up. You know, something very big is on the line. People come through. The pettiness, I think, is what weighs us most down. The pettiness, trivial things, things that aren't that important, things we don't think are important and we keep falling for them. So if a person really wants to uh, get rid of that pettiness and, get, and stop spraying the small stuff, this is the way to do it. I can tell you, you know, when you bring your kid to the hospital or yourself is in the hospital and you're really scared, you really are scared, you know, your, your car is going out of control, you all of a sudden, like, <clears throat> things just don't matter. Because, and they don't matter because they don't matter. It's not like they did matter and now you're not in, not in reality. It, you really weren't in reality and now you're in reality. <clears throat> and when we use, the, we, we take this realization, we can wipe out pettiness, irritations and illusions and trivialities. You know, imagine someone is fighting with a friend and then they find out <clears throat> They're going to die in a day, die in a year. Or the person they're talking to might, might die in a day. Or something really bad is going to happen to them. Or you're never going to see them again. Everybody stops in their tracks to say, I should have treated them better. So if we live with this reality, so many things, so many fights, so many low things, so many not driven things, so many lazinesses, there's nothing that pushes us like that. Unfortunately, that's just the, the way, unfortunately, that's the reality. I think part of the reason why we're so scared of it is because we think it's unfortunate. That's just, just because we're not at the highest level doesn't mean the level that we're at is an unfortunate level. That's the level we're at. Now you take this concept, you, you can you, you use it for your daily life, but it really has much more cosmic ramifications. How does this relate to how I see myself as part of the Jewish people? How does this, um, uh, uh, how does this dictate how I'm going to act vis-a-vis -vis the whole world? That's number six. Humanity, Jewish people. Number seven is, this is hard, but it's true, is that you got to live with what you have. You know, if a person, God forbid, can't walk, person loses a leg, they become blind, whatever extreme disability you may have, when you have that, how do the people who are successful end up living happy, happy, productive lives? When they take what they have, <coughs> excuse me, 
they make peace with what they have, and they're not f- afraid of confronting that reality. When you're not afraid of confronting the reality and taking who you are and living with it, you do amazing things. When you see a situation which you think is sad or scary, you see someone who is really ill or someone who is depressed, someone's in a family or friend situation that is very um, unpleasant, and you know you you can look at those situations and right right away we kind of like want to like go escape and say huh that would not not gonna happen to me i mean my family situation is great my uh, friend situation is great my financial situation is great my health is great my mental health is great my communal health is great professional well truth is is that most things you look around could happen to anybody. It easily happen to you, happen to them, it could happen to you. And that's a fear that we don't like to think about. Now, there's no point in thinking about it if it's going to debilitate you. But what you can do is you can, instead of saying, oh, that would never happen to me, you can try to learn from that situation. See, what can I learn from it so I can possibly avoid that? You know, when someone went, had a health situation or a addiction situation or a family, whatever it might be, and they, they unfortunately, they had to experience it. They, they did experience it. But you can actually learn from that. You can either allow them to teach you. You can observe in a non-judgmental way. You can see. But but if you just run away and say, oh, fear, like, uh, that would never happen to me. I'm, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about the fact that I can get sick. I don't want to think about the fact that my relationships might not work out. I don't want to think about the fact that maybe I'm wasting some time. And number nine is really have this whole concept, just be a permeating concept. You know, a, the, you know, they asked Rabbi, uh, I, I think I was on a Zoom, yeah, I was on a Zoom, uh, Zoom uh, conference with um, uh, one of my schools I went to, and they had a great rabbi on there. And they asked him, what motivates him to you know, become such a great Torah scholar and continuing to become such a great Torah scholar? And he said that he is scared stiff of being an ignoramus. He doesn't want to be an ignoramus. So that fear propels him to constantly study. You know, we, it's okay to be scared of, li- of living a meaningless life. It's it's good thing to be scared to not be great to not use your potential. It's it's a good thing to be scared of not being in a place of self-respect. It's not this debilitating scare. It's this hmm. It's an opportunity. There's a consequence. I don't want that, and I and, and we respond to that. You know, it's so being afraid of meaninglessness is a good thing you know they never i don't know if it actually was a tv show when i was a kid they were definitely having they would advertise these things someone wins the opportunity to get five minutes in toys r us and you run around and, and you don't want to waste a second you don't waste a second would you say if you start talking to that person they'd be like you know i really i really don't want to talk now i don't want to i don't waste any time right you wouldn't say they're crazy you say that they're in touch 
you know, and uh, so don't run for the ostrich hole. Don't we? You ask anyone? Do you, do you mind being average? You want to just? You're not going to be great. You're going to be average. You're just going to be a regular person. No one wants to feel that way. We don't want to feel that way. We don't want to think about it. But but um, we don't want to ask ourselves the question that we all ask: What am I doing doing with myself? So use these concepts to inspire, to figure things out, and then just go and go get it. So, little wrap up, and then we'll give the uh, the the take home. So, why is fear a way of wisdom? Well, we said that fear helps us to do what's right, not what other things are right, and that's okay. Fear allows us to get in touch with our mortality, and money is a big driver, but concept of thinking of pain and death also is fear is an exercise in free will are you going to allow yourself to take a look at something that will make you uncomfortable we talked about working through the ideas that may make us not want to look at something which would make us a little bit uncomfortable or fearful we said fear is actually not restricting it actually gives you power it gives you the freedom to do what you want not just what you feel like and with fear, like a roller coaster, like a horror movie, you can feel the thrill of life. When you do go on a roller coaster and do bungee jumping, you have that thrill. We can have that thrill all the time. We, we can have that all the time because we're, we're alive. You, just tonight, maybe an exercise to do is make, make a list of things that you either feel you can't do or you're just not going to do. And then make a list of maybe 10, 20 things. And then maybe put up, let's not talk about that because most people that's a, you can, we should do it, but it's, it's a little bit harder to wrap our heads around that sometimes. Put a price tag. If someone would pay you, how much would someone have to pay you? That would make it that quote unquote, you don't have the time and now you have it, or you can't do it and now you can. You might see, you might, there may be some things you'll say there's no no money. Anyone, no, there, there's actually a phrase out there people often use. There's no money anyone could pay me to do that. Well, try it. Well, if someone actually gave you $100,000, I had a friend once who made me a challenge to lose weight for $10,000. It's, it's pretty. Pretty motivating. Um, so that's one uh, little exercise to do. And then when you see how much money, you say, huh, well, I, I can do it. So then I'll do it anyway if I don't get paid. Because you will get paid. Pay a lot more than money. You, when you become a better person and it's for your eternity, that's a lot more than any money is ever worth. Another question, interesting exercise. I don't know if I do it every day. It might be a little bit too intense. But... If you really knew how much time you had left, 50 years, 75 years, a year, a week, two weeks, whatever it might be, what would you do? Think about it. And the last little assignment, little exercise you could do is maybe to pay attention. Most of us don't even notice. Maybe pay attention how often we do the ostrich syndrome. How often may we 
literally don't look at things and maybe challenge it a little bit. So that's way number six, exercising the concept of fear, which is can be very healthy and very, very, very motivating and very real and very thrilling. And uh, six out of 48. So have a great week. And uh, thanks for coming on.